That was yeah, a good episode. I still have the same reaction where I'm just shaking my head. Like, <laughs> really? Really? Good? Oh, you actually have the bro code? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Mitch actually has the paper copy of the bro code. And I do follow it. You know? Sometimes you just gotta follow the bro code. It's the greatest book ever. Article number one, bros before hoes. You know who else puts bros before hoes? The Savage Land! Audio Slave with Show Me How to Live. Welcome back to the Savage Land. Here are your hosts. Rachel. Mitch. And I am Jason. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Wonderful. Freaking amazing. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. It's my favorite song. Right? <laughs> I actually like that was my ringtone for a little while. People got so freaking annoyed by it. It's the best song ever. It really is. Like it, Even when things are going bad. I still listen to yeah. it because sometimes I say stuff is awesome when I really mean it's horrible. Exactly. No, and it, it cheers you up a little bit. It does. Sometimes on a bad day, you can imagine that the lyrics are like, everything is awful, you know? Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what I usually do. It is least. a good song to make up lyrics to. Right? <laughs> I, I, I like doing that to everything, so. I say uh, everything's a possum sometimes, and like, <laughs> there's one person at my work that gets really pissed about it. It's like, it's awesome! Not a possum! Don't need to get that mad about it. They take their Lego movie lyrics What do they have against possums, I wonder? I don't know. Maybe it's because they're, like, so weak and wimpy. (laughs) You know? They're always playing dead. That probably annoys a lot of people. It's like, come on, stand up for yourself. (laughs) Stupid possum. Stupid possum. Freak. Defend yourself. Stand up for your honor, you dick. They Uh are. Wait, no, that's an armadillo. Never mind. Armadillo. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Basically, <laughs> basically the same thing. Armadillos and possums. They're you know. Yep. They kind of do have the same face though. Actually, now that yeah. I think about it. Kind of. Yeah. I wonder if they're like related. Do they really have leprosy? Yeah, they're giving people leprosy down in Florida right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> Wait, cool. I didn't even know there were armadillos in Florida. <laughs> you didn't? No, I thought they were all. Drive in... through it, you'll see a bunch of them on the side of the road, dead. Oh. Koalas carry chlamydia. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> Shouldn't have slept with that koala. Yeah, exactly. Week. They're just so cute and irresistible. That's like, how they get it. you. Exactly. That's how the chlamydia gets oh. you. No wonder chlamydia is so rampant. It's not Tinder, it's koalas. It's koalas on Tinder. Oh, shit. That's your problem. Man, can you, can you imagine if koala, like if animals had online dating? With how horny animals are in general? They would just get so much, like, they don't have to send out a mating call. They can just go on Tinder, freaking swipe right on that other, you know, luptuous koala. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, we'll meet up, baby. Have some serious koala sex. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like koala sex. Um, Speaking of koala sex, though, really, (laughs) really quick announcement. Um, Or I guess... Public. I don't. I don't really know what to call it. But uh, so we're we're thinking every week for our uh, intro and outro music. Uh, this was Rachel's idea that she brought up. Um, 
having you know you listeners out there or anybody who knows of a uh, a good you know up and coming band or you want to get your music out there, feel free to send us in your your music and let us know we have permission to to use it on the show and we'll we'll plug your stuff. Um, so you can send it to us at savagelandpodcast.com or music at savagelandpodcast.com or this podcast sucks at savagelandpodcast whatever whatever you want to send it to um or actually the easier one so that i'll get it faster because for some reason the email doesn't work on my phone for that email address super weird i don't get it um send it to us at that might be cool.com and then just put your title savageland music or something i don't care but yeah send us music and we'll play it for you and and let people know where to find you um but man, it's uh, it's been a, a fun time uh, with geek stuff, guys. I mean, I I've, I think we've all been kind of consuming a lot of things. What uh, what who should who wants to who wants to start with talking about their their week in geek? Let's go with Rachel since I'm staring you dead in the face. <laughs> I know, and it's really creeping me out. <laughs> it's okay, I'm a creepy guy. Um. I don't even so know where you, to start. You said let's let's start with the bad real quick. You said you watched Divergent, or I mean Insurgent. Insurgent, yes. It, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's it wasn't good either. <laughs> so, well, I I read all the books, and I loved the first book, and I loved the first movie. Mm-hmm. And the second one, it just I hated how they ended it, and they didn't explain things at the end. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen either of the movies or read the books, but I know the concept. Well, then should I say anything? It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to bother you over Divergent spoilers. Really quick, spoiler warning for people who haven't seen Insurgent. Spoilers. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, and I hated the third book, actually. I thought it was, like, the worst... I heard a lot of people hated it. Worst thing I've ever read. It was so stupid. But um, but we can get into that when yeah. the next movie comes out, and then I can ruin that. <laughs> but I just hate it at the end because there's this box with the message, and they're finally told why they're all there mm-hmm. behind the wall. But they don't explain that. Like They're like, oh, it was in Triss's house, so we took it. And then that's it, and then they show the message, and then it ends. But in the book, they actually tell you that that's her family. Mm. Like, those are her ancestors that Mm -hmm. set up this experiment for them. Mm -hmm. But they don't tell you that at all. And it pissed me off. (laughs) That's like, I always, I get so, I get so apprehensive when, like, not so great studios start adapting books. You know? Like what happened with Ender's Game. We're not allowed to talk about that. (laughs) You know, like, you, get, you end up with, like, this not as high budget as it should be and, like, not being able to afford a good director for it and... Yeah. Well, and, like, some of the characters, they kind of combined, mm. too, which I didn't really like. They, wait, they combined characters? Yeah, I can't remember who they combined, but the author talked about it um, when the first movie came out. But, yeah, they kind of combined some characters... Hey. Into one. I think it was into Peter, but I'm not quite sure. That's annoying. Yeah. And people can yell at me if I'm wrong about that, but I don't care because <laughs> it was horrible. I can't imagine if I was like <laughs> watching a Spider Man movie and it's like his love interest is like Mary Jane Stacy. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Fuck you guys. I'm well, leaving. Well, they just kind of took one character and made him do other things that oh, other characters did. Oh, like put him in the did. role of the other yeah. character. Yeah, that's still dumb. And they just didn't put that character 
in the movie. So that's annoying. Yeah. Like, my 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 logic on that is if they can if they can make a true adaptation with Harry Potter, they should be able to do it with pretty much any other book because there's well, so and, many characters. And Hunger Games, I absolutely love, and I love the book. Oh yeah. First movie was horrible. Yeah. That movie pissed me off dearly because they left so much out, but. The second and the part one yeah. are absolutely incredible. I love those, but... I feel like... And the author was even a producer yeah. on this movie, which pisses me off even more, because I feel like... Yeah, the author should be there, like, hey, as, guys, don't fuck this up. As an aspiring author, I would be like, you just took my stuff and butchered it. Yeah. And I'd be super pissed. Which does, I mean, that that does happen a lot in, in Hollywood. Like, whether it's the screenwriter or whether it's the writer of the source material, a lot of stuff gets, like, terribly fucked up. Yeah. But, like, like Ernest Cline, uh, the writer of Ready Player One. Yes. He also wrote that movie, uh, Fanboys. Did you ever see that? Yes. So, that movie, apparently, like, according to him, he hated the experience of filming that movie because he, he writes this movie, he loves it and everything, and then, like, it got aborted. You know, like, it just it just got... <laughs> totally screwed up and twisted around and things just didn't even end up anything like what he what he originally wrote and uh and i guess that's like a huge problem in hollywood is a lot of authors that haven't like produced movies or that haven't you know been involved in adaptations before yeah the studios just don't give them any rights because they don't trust them to know what they're doing that's probably what happened with this one but yeah yes that's like that's how i i don't know that's what i wonder about ender's game I wonder how much Orson Scott Card was actually involved with that movie. That, that movie makes me so mad. Yeah. I wanted so much with Peter. I know. He was there for like two seconds and I he know. had an ugly and face. He, he didn't do any of the fucked up shit that he <laughs> I know. was supposed to do and it made me really mad. He was just weird and ugly instead of being like sadistic and yeah. villainous. And killing squirrels and stuff. Uh, exactly. He didn't do any of it. None of the fun stuff. <laughs> None of that fun <laughs> stuff that I love. I know. It, it bugged me too that like they just like since they made since they made Ender a brunette, they made Peter blonde. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, I guess since we're switching Ender, we should just switch Peter. Still have a dichotomy, yeah. right? It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that that was my experience with that. Yeah. And then I watched Nightcrawler. How was Nightcrawler? I really want to see it, and I still haven't. I it's really good. I loved it. I'll probably never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mitch. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's so fucked up. Really? It's so disgusting. He is the creepiest guy. Like, just the way he smiles at really? people. Just, just, ew. Like, it looks like my smile almost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's exactly what I thought watching it. I'm like, God, this guy's creepy. Just, just like, like Jason. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good, though. And I didn't know Bill Paxton was in it when I Bill watched Paxton it. Bill Paxton? Yeah, he's in it. Did he say game over? <laughs> game over, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> he should say that in every single movie. That Everything he appears in, he should just be like, game over, man. Yeah. Game over. No, he didn't. But, no, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Which I like disturbing things. Yeah. And I was just kind of in that mood where I'm like, I just want to watch something weird and yeah, crazy. But it was good. I really, really liked it. That's how I was with um, Foxcatcher. Did you guys see that movie or see the previews for it? I think I did, but I... Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So it was Steve Carell and Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo. And Steve Carell is in a serious role. And this is a true story um, about a guy... Uh, 
he's in the DuPont family, you know, DuPont the big uh, materials company or whatever. Um, but he was the heir to the DuPont company, and he, like, has, you know, some sort of, you know, just, he's not all there. Um, but he's just, like, this old, creepy kind of guy, like, probably in his 60s, that, like, has these, like, this obsession with wrestling. And so he brings in these, uh, you know, all these these wrestlers, and he recruits Channing Tatum's character, who's, you know, a, a really, um, you know, good wrestler. I can't, like, it's it's been a little while since I, so I, I can't remember the intricacies of the plot, but I remember the overall theme, so I can't remember, like, where Channing Tatum came from or anything. But uh, he and his brother, who was Mark Ruffalo, had been training, you know, together for, you know, their whole lives. Uh, they're both really talented wrestlers, and Steve Carell... Um, brings them onto his, you know, private wrestling facility to train with his wrestling team and compete and stuff like that. And the whole movie is just like this slow decline into how effing crazy Steve Carell is in the movie. And he just gets hmm. more and more disturbing and crazy until, like, you finally just, like, see him in his full, like, paranoid schizophrenic stage. And do you guys care if I spoil something? Go for no. it. In, like, the most crazy moment like like because the, the whole movie is fairly slow like there are a few scenes that speed up you know and like there's one scene where like they do coke and stuff but most of the movie is a fairly slow pace and there's this one scene where like um channing tatum has just left the facility he's gotten sick of like steve carell's you know abusive manipulative whatever but mark ruffalo stayed there to be you know the coach to be the main coach for his wrestling team and steve carell gets it in his head that it's mark ruffalo's fault that channing tatum left and Mark Ruffalo is, by the way, married and has um, like two or three kids, and they're they're living like on the the camp or the facility. You know, they they have a house on his his property by the wrestling facility, and he's out there like you know fixing his car or something like that. His family's inside, and uh, Steve Carell just rolls up in his car, and just sits there in his car staring at Mark Ruffalo for a second, and Mark Ruffalo like starts walking over and he's like hey what's what's going on man you know and uh he just stares at him for a second and then he's like it's your fault or some weird thing like that mark's like what and then he like raises a gun and points it at him mark ruffles like whoa whoa and then he like turns around steve carroll just shoots him and then mark ruffles on the ground like convulsing and breathing and he shoots him again and then he's like barely like limping still yeah. alive and then he shoots him again and his wife and kids are like sitting there in the house and like so fucked up. Like, I left that movie just, like, holding myself. And, that, like, that, that's kind of how Nightcrawler is, just because you he so badly wants to be somebody. Yeah. And just the way he masterminds some of the things, because, you know, Nightcrawlers run around to be the first two accidents, robberies, yeah. shootings. And he uses his teleportation to get there quicker than Yes. You. Okay. No. <laughs> but, like, he's just... Ugh. Like he stages. Yeah. Oh, some that's of them. that's kind of what I the vibe I got from the preview was like that he was But like seeing the way that he like thinks to get it to all play out that this is going to happen then it's going to lead to this and the chain reaction. It's really fucked up. Ugh. But it's also really cool yeah, cuz yeah. I'm weird like that of course yeah <laughs> and i want to see how you're always he, plotting murders yeah, and, yeah yeah i want to see how it pans out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i get what you mean because like i enjoy those movies but then i'm like i'm really I'm not never watching this again crazy no, I know I'm, not. <laughs> audience she is not crazy i'm not crazy I just i'm like, not sure i believe i like it. implying 
I got really upset when the ants died in Ant-Man. Like, I, I can't <laughs> yeah, kill anything. Yeah, that's pretty So that, that means that you're a sociopath and you, you, you don't value humans as much as you do insects. Animals. Yeah. You it, identify yeah, with the actually, insects more. That's, that's pretty true. Yeah. I prefer animals. I prefer dogs to and, humans in general. Yeah, humans suck. I would rather hang kinda out with do. animals. Yeah, they're kind of lame. Dogs are never so like, I've hey, got fuck birds. you, man. Dogs are always like, hey, I love you. That's why, that's why you got birds. <laughs> My birds just broke a TV in their room. Oh, jeez. Did they really? Yep. <laughs> Is that what was going on? Yep. <laughs> like, broke, broke? Uh, the screen has like a spider web, but it's oh. not—it's not sharp. It's just spider webbed out. And, oh, birds! Damn birds! Yeah, damn birds! With their wings, <laughs> they can't stand their entertainment. Flying all over the room and Jeez. knocking things down. Can't just leave well enough alone, you know. This is why we can't have nice things. That's why we can't yeah. have nice things? Because the birds will destroy the it. Birds. <laughs> I okay. So, I was kind of late to the Star Wars Rebels bandwagon. Not, like, super late, but, you know, the, the first season started last year sometime. And, like, people were talking about it, and I never watched it. And then finally, yesterday, I decided I would just bite the bullet. Um, went on Amazon and got the entire first season. And watched it in the space of about 12 hours. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I just stayed up and I just watched it all the way through because I couldn't stop. It's so freaking good have you guys watched any of it no no have you mentioned no i was playing that card game they had on iphone though and mm-hmm. i liked some of the images from it it's so, I thought a lot of them were real cool looking yeah because they so it's the design of the show they based on the original concept art for star wars so they have darth vader with his like super super samurai looking helmet and then like the the face mask like juts out a ton and like it's got a lot of like Emotion on the helmet, you know, like very like angry looking eyes, and the lenses are like pure red on his eyes and stuff. Um, the the ATSTs, the chicken walkers, they have them all over the place, but they look super different. Like they've got a a giant little gun in the middle that juts out from the bottom, and then they're like they're kind of like rounded shape instead of you know how they're like really boxy in mm-hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, these are like much more sleek and futuristic looking. Um, anyway, and then like. I don't know, like, the, the whole thing is freaking awesome, and, like, the longer it goes, the more you start to see, like, regular star, like, characters from the movies show up. Um, like, Billy D. Williams shows up to voice Lando every once in a while. Well, that's really is, cool. Yeah, it's way cool. And James Earl Jones is still the voice of Darth <laughs> Vader. Um, and then uh, there's rumors that Han Solo is going to be showing up soon. Um, Ahsoka from The Clone Wars showed up, which I don't really care much about her, but it's whatever. It's, it's leading to an interesting Darth Vader story, though, hmm. which is cool. Um, but no, it's like every episode I watch, it gets better and better. And like, for some reason, and this is the weirdest thing that I just like, I absolutely love is the skinny lightsaber. Like, you know how in the prequels, the lightsabers, the beams themselves got really fat Yeah. in this, in this show, they're like super, super thin. And like, I just, I, for some reason, I just absolutely love it. And I can't (laughs) stop looking at the lightsabers when they're like fighting with them. It's really weird. It's really weird, but I love it. (laughs) And... (laughs) Um, but, like, the kid in the show trains to be a Jedi, and, and he, he gets a crystal. Like, they find a Jedi temple, and he actually gets a, a crystal to build a lightsaber. And he builds his own lightsaber that actually has a blaster in it. So it's, like, this handle. Like, it's, it's got, you know, the regular handle and then, like, a guard over his hand and then a blaster at the top. And so he, he can, like, bring the beam down and then shoot it. And then when he, like, he'll shoot somebody as he's running at him and then bring the beam back up after he shoots him. And then, like, when he pushes him back, he'll shoot at him again and then... The fight scenes are amazing. 
That's really cool. Yeah. Although, in my Final Fantasy brain, uh-huh. it just kind of sounds like a ripoff of the Gunblade. It could be. It very <laughs> well could be. You'll have to watch it and, and tell me what you think. But it's like, it's awesome. The fight scenes are, are done so well. Like, there's in the first season, they have this villain called the Inquisitor, who is one of the most intimidating Star Wars characters I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Like, it's damn good. But then, and even Darth Vader, like, the way they portray Darth Vader in this show is badass. Like, more like powerful looking Darth Vader than you've ever seen. Like just the the things that he does and the when he isn't doing anything, he's still like making you want to piss your pants. And then when he is doing something, it's like shattering the earth. Like <laughs> like the the first time he actually like shows up and, and starts like attacking, um, he's there's there's the the kid and then his his Jedi master. And Vader shows up because they're like trying to infiltrate this this Empire base. And Vader shows up and starts just, like, kicking the shit out of the, the master. He knocks the dude out, and then the kid comes up and tries to, to fight him. He pushes the kid up against the wall and then uses the force to make the kid hold, like, push the lightsaber up towards his own neck. Ooh. And he almost cuts his own head off because Darth Vader is making him do it until the master, like, interferes. This sounds really That's cool. That's awesome. It's sick. Like, <laughs> the, the stuff that they get away with for a kid's show is unreal. Because it's still rated Y7, but like they, you know, as long as they well, don't actually show it. Wasn't it on Disney it, XD yeah. or whatever? It's on Disney XD. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. But as long as they don't actually like show him cut his head off, then they're fine, you know? Just like when uh, at the end of the Clone Wars, they had this one shot where a, a clone trooper just walks up behind a Jedi and pops her straight in the face. That's awesome. And they just show her falling to the ground, like right, they, they show him hold the gun up to her head, and then right before he pulls the trigger, you just, they just show the ground where she falls. Wow. Yeah, like just as long as they do that kind of stuff and they can get away with it and not show it. And this show is doing all that and like super intimidating. And then right after that scene, like they crash a bunch <laughs> of ATSTs on top of Vader. And then, like, as they're, they're getting in their ship, you just see the, the, this huge pile of giant robots just start to lift up. And Vader's just standing underneath it, holding it up with the force, just throws it behind himself. And then, like, the, this Mandalorian girl that they have with her, like, shoots a couple of, um, uh, you know, blaster bullets at him or whatever. He deflects both. One of them hits her in the chest, and the other hits her in the face. Wow. <laughs> it's That's so, awesome. like, it's so hardcore for a freaking kid's cartoon. And the story is good. Like, it's great. And the, the freaking producer that, that's the showrunner on the show is Simon Kinberg, who's been the producer on most of the X-Men movies. Hmm. It's like, it's, it's in good hands. And he's producing a couple of the actual feature Star Wars films as well. Um, but yeah, seriously. Star Wars freaking Rebels, man. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't stop with this show, and I just, barely, I just barely caught up to where they are now. And I'm just, like, bummed out. Because the second season, like, they had, they had a premiere at the Star Wars event of the first two episodes of the second season in, like, one little, you know, TV movie or whatever. Um, but the actual season doesn't premiere until like two or three months from now. Oh, I know. So now I'm just like sitting here twiddling my thumbs. So I might go back and finish Clone Wars because there's like I didn't see any of the fifth season. So I might do that just to plug my Star Wars love, <laughs> fill that gap for a little while. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you been watching lately, Mitch? So I guess we'll start on the one that we'll probably have the least amount of discussion with. I just started again last night, How I Met Your Mother, marathoning it. Watched it till three in the morning. Which which episodes have, or which which season have you been watching? The first season? I started at the beginning, and now I'm halfway through the second. What are your favorite episodes out of the ones you've watched so far recently? Swarly. Swarly. (laughs) Which? Swarly. Remind me which episode that is. Oh, Swarly (laughs) is... Barney's 
name that gets mixed up on a coffee cup. And so they call him Swarly the whole time. <laughs> I love that episode. I don't even remember this episode. And then the slap bet episode where they have the bet between Marshall and Barney on if Robin's doing pornos. And <laughs> so they do the slap bet, which <clears throat> leads to finding out that Robin is Robin Sparkles, a which is Canadian so teen pop Sensation. Does anybody else get that song stuck in their head? Oh, yeah. Let's go to the it's mall. It's been all day because I watched I that this morning. <laughs> that was the first episode I watched this morning. Such a good episode. <laughs> oh, it was so it. funny. I think my all-time favorite How I Met Your Mother episode is The Naked Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love The Naked Mitch Man. Mitch is the greatest so character of all time. <laughs> It's so and the way they great. end it out, where it's like a superhero, how he walks the night. The, yeah, they do the, the Dark Knight ending. It's so good. I am Mitch, the naked man. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I uh, and I, I love all the slap bed episodes. I love that there's like oh, they're great. It feels like, is there one per season? It kind of feels like there is, or one every other season, maybe. I don't know. I think there is one per season. So there's like slaps giving. There's until um, the very last one because they had five. And the slap bet that ends up going to Marshall, and he oh, gets. Yeah. Oh yeah! So they just had them very they, randomly. Yeah. yeah. I recently watched uh, the episode um, "How I Met Everyone Else" when Ted brings blah blah to the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but that just also makes me think of Arrested Development. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Bob blah blahs. <laughs> I can't even. I know. I can't. That show's too good. I and they're they're gonna do a fifth season. And that's probably my favorite show of I, all time. I always I have trouble deciding my favorite sitcom because like there like first of all there have been so many quality ones but I like between Arrested Development, Community, How I Met Your Mother, and Seinfeld. I can never decide. I just go through oh, phases. I, I started watching Seinfeld the other day, and I actually, like, I had to leave work because I was laughing so hard at my own joke. I got these uh, gluten-free pretzels, and I was really happy about it. So I just shouted, these pretzels are making me thirsty. These pretzels. And then it was like, anybody? Anybody? No? no? And no. I, I couldn't stop laughing. No. <laughs> That's so good. Man, there's so many good Seinfeld episodes, like uh, the Soup Nazi. For okay. <laughs> No soup for you. Yeah. My top two episodes, for some reason, are food-related. I don't know why. Like, I think it was because, like, usually when I watched Seinfeld, when I was, like, watching tons of Seinfeld, it was, like, right when I was making food, and so it was, like, the hunger would hit me. That makes sense. But the Soup Nazi and the Calzone are two of my <laughs> favorite episodes. Like, Mr. Steinbrenner from the, the Yankees is one of my favorite characters. Yes. <laughs> so good. Has that got eggplant in it? <laughs> I don't know why. It's so obscure. But And then Master of, Master of My Domain. Yes. I, I can't remember what that episode is called, but that episode the masturbation episode is so good or shrinkage oh. <laughs> i was in the pool <laughs> dude jerry jerry do women know about shrinkage <laughs> no elaine elaine do women do women know about shrinkage <laughs> what like with laundry oh damn it oh man that's such a good show so good so good i saw, I saw the episode uh, a couple of weeks ago it was on tv um where uh 
where oh shoot um they have like where elaine is dating john f kennedy jr and she's going without sex and it's making her oh, dumber yes and then george is george is going without sex and it's making him like super smart yeah shows up to the uh to the whatever it was like speech or presentation he and jerry were gonna give and he just barely got laid and it's like jerry i calculated the odds of my my chances of sleeping with a puerto rican waitress ever and I realized that it was a chance that I just couldn't pass up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm just a little, just a tiny little it. bit better. Oh, I know. I love Larry David. I love Larry David, and it's like so good. Really? Like, and I, when I watch it, I feel like I am Larry David. Like, I have a lot of these moments, uh-huh. and then I like think, what would Larry David do in this moment? <laughs> WWLDD. Right. And uh, I, I love it so much. I love it when he um, goes and is on the producers with David Schwimmer. It's it's gold. I love it. I just love David Schwimmer's face. Anytime his face shows up, I'm like, all right, he's I'm a on jerk. Board. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk in that show. It's so good. I, I love still it. there's a few sitcoms that like I've been wanting to watch and I haven't. Like um, uh, Thirty Rock is one oh, that I've heard great I things about. I love Thirty Rock. Really? So good. I like. I want to watch it because, like, first of all, Donald Glover was a writer on Thirty Rock for a long time, um, which is great. Like, okay, is there anything Donald Glover can't do? That's it's pissing me off at this point. Him and Jared Leto both need to seriously right? stay in their lane. Yeah, they do. Like, Donald Glover goes and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna write on the show," and then he's like, uh, "I think I'm gonna act," and he's like, uh, "I think I'm gonna start a comedy career." I think I'm going to be a rapper now. Like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> and I'm going to be successful at all of them, because fuck you guys. Yeah, and just like Jared Lowe, I'm going to be a super awesome actor yeah. and make awesome music. Yeah, and set the <laughs> and, Guinness World Record for the longest world tour in the history of yeah. the earth. and be like the most gorgeous man in the world. Yeah, and then be the Joker on top of that. And yeah. play a transvestite. Like, Yeah, and be awesome at yeah. it. Yeah, or a transsexual, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, freaking... And get hooked on drugs and get your arm cut off. Yeah. Yeah. But then Matthew McConaughey, (laughs) it's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. How rad, how rad, how rad. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I watched that movie a couple of weeks ago. It's so good. Although, like, okay, the one problem I have with Dazed and Confused is, like, it's so, it's, like, weirdly homoerotic with the paddling. Yeah. Like, especially Ben Affleck's character. Like, he gets off on it. Yeah. It's super weird. That's true. Like, just the, the things that they're saying as they're doing it, and, like, it's it's a little creepy. I got, like, the... I kind of got the chills watching it. I was like, I need an adult. <laughs> Speaking of Jared Leto, did you guys see what I put on the Twitter? What did you put on the Twitter? With Jared oh, Leto's the Ellen Joker DeGeneres and Ellen DeGeneres. Not even once. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook a few times, but I was like, well, that's funny. But there's so many disparaging Jared Leto Joker memes out there that I'm not going to contribute to it by sharing it, so I didn't. But at the same time, I do appreciate it. Well, I totally shared it (laughs) multiple times on all of my social media. I I am totally on board with Jared Leto's Joker. Yes. Yeah. I'm really curious. So, and that's, this is like a a random thing, Um, but I... I'm kind of bummed because we're... So on, on TNBC, we're doing an action hero bracket, right? Where we're basically doing this March Madness style tournament to decide who the ultimate action hero is between non-enhanced, you know, like non-superpowered mm-hmm. people. Um, so we're throwing people like Hawkeye, James Bond, Jason Bourne, people like that in there. And I'm kind of bummed because like since Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad aren't out yet, we're not able to put in Batfleck or uh, Deadshot. 
And it's like kind of bumming me out because I'd like to, but at the same yeah. time, like we have no idea what they're going to be like. Yeah. And so, but I'm like, ah, if only I could throw Deadshot against Hawkeye, but it's not happening. I wanted to actually ask you yeah. about this fan theory that I heard about the Joker. Okay. Go for it. About um, Jared Leto's Joker being Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. I've heard that, and like, I think it's it's a cool theory. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I like it for the fact that like, if somebody were to write an Elseworlds comic about that or something, then I would love the shit out of it. But if they were to actually do that in a movie, I feel like so many people would be so pissed yeah. that like they're not going to take a chance like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, like it would kind of, like you know, I, I don't feel like you get an actor like Jared Leto just to make him the fake Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I want him to be the Joker. Yeah, exactly. Me too. He's not Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, because he's too. First of all, he's too old to be Jason Todd. He's a year younger than Ben Affleck. Yeah. And so it's like. Yeah. He's not Robin. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He might look a little younger, but there's yeah. no way he's, you know, his 43 can pass for a 20-year-old. I'm, I'm pretty convinced he's immortal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, lo- he looks like, he still has, like, Macaulay Culkin face, like, Home Alone yeah. Macaulay Culkin face, just that doughy, baby-type face, and he's that's in his 40s. That's why I think that all babies should just be made from him. Yeah, that's fair, actually. I... It's a lot better off than my DNA, that's for sure. If Jared Leto will provide the male aspect of my children, that's fine. I don't know. I've got some cute kids for what I that's look true. like. So. Yeah. I have no idea what my kids will look like and probably won't find out anytime soon. But um, yeah, no. I, Sometimes I'm, the best babies come from us ugly people. <laughs> it's crazy how that works, but it's true. It is kind of true. Like Britney Spears, back when Britney Spears was attractive, her parents... <laughs> Her parents are really ugly. <laughs> and her and Jamie Lynn both came out fairly attractive. And both of them ended up crazy. So, I mean, you can't say much for the Look at Liv ability. Tyler. Look at Liv Tyler. I mean, that guy should not have had good-looking children. Yeah. Her, her dad looks like what happens when a 60-year-old gets lipo. Like, if, if you're to look at, like, the belly with, like, all the flabby skin and stuff, looks, that's what Steven Tyler's face looks, looks like. looks like a weird grandma. Yeah. Yep. Like if you put like a dude like looks a, like a lady, dude. He could he should be the new Mrs. Doubtfire because he'd pull it off easily. He oh should. yeah, you know. Why not? Yeah, way easier grandma than, than Robin Williams was. <laughs> Rest in peace. I don't think he's that funny though. I don't know. I mean, get him the right script. By the way, speaking of rest in peace and Robin Williams, we uh, we have a very sad announcement um, this week. Uh, our fellow podcast host, who you may have noticed has been absent from recent episodes, um, actually passed away in an unfortunate accident. Uh, so we, we'd like to take a moment of silence to uh, remember Matthew. All right. Thank you all. Um, he'll, yes, he'll thank be, you. He'll be dearly missed. But uh, moving on from that, so I, I watched Drive last night, right? Ryan Gosling movie. Mm-hmm. Which I've wanted to see for, like, years now. Yeah. And it's worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing. Um, I mean, the, the, the cast in it is world class. You got Ryan Gosling as the lead. You got Brian Cranston. Um, you got Oscar Isaac um, and Christina Hendricks. 
Um, oh, and then Anderson from Dread. I, I don't know that actress's name, but you know Dread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in it. Which I don't I, know her name either. Yeah, but she's that girl with that face. That you but I love her. Uh, Drive, the Ryan Gosling movie. Okay. And then yeah, one of the girls in it is Anderson from Dread, the girl. Um, but anyway, I watched the movie and it's it's a good movie. Like I, I really enjoyed it. It's about a, a Hollywood stunt driver um, who moonlights as a as a getaway driver, and he basically you know he's got this mo of like oh yeah you know. I'll give you five minutes of my time. Anything that happens within that five minutes and I've got you covered. Anything that happens before or after that is on you. Um, anyway, and he's like, he's this badass and he, he doesn't talk hardly at all. Like the entire movie, he probably has maybe three combined minutes of talking. Hmm. It's crazy. Most of the other is other people talking or him just sort of like emoting in his face or like having awkward silences or things like that or just driving or brooding as he's driving hence the name hence the name drive um, <laughs> and I, w- like, I would expect driving in it exactly yeah that'd be seriously hilarious though <laughs> if they named the movie drive and there's not even a car in it like <laughs> I, w- I would love that <laughs> that'd be amazing i don't want to do that now just like make movies just, with titles that have nothing to do with them i like that it's so good um but <laughs> The movie was awesome. <laughs> Super badass. Ryan Gosling plays the part really well. Um, you know, there's some really cool fight scenes. Like, the, the violence isn't... Like, it's, it's few and far between, but it's very good, you know, well-choreographed violence. Um, Christina Hendricks was in it for, like, maybe ten minutes, which was disappointing because I love Christina Hendricks. Um, but, no, the entire movie was, was super awesome. I liked the way it ended and everything. But one thing I noticed about it was kind of insane and, like, I went on Google and, like, searched about it, and, like, only I could only find, like, one other person that's even noticed it, which is super weird to me. But for about five minutes of this movie, they completely stole the, the Social Network soundtrack. With no credit, because I looked at the track listing for the soundtrack. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are not credited at all. None of the tracks are the same. God damn it. Jesus, Mitch. It was Facebook. And it's automatic video turning on. God, you just ruined the whole the show. The whole show. Yeah. We better pack it up now, guys. Yep. All right, we're done. We're just going home. See ya. Um, but With no, they, they totally... <laughs> no! Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will mute you. <laughs> um, but no, they, they directly ripped off... Like, you know the, the song Hand Covers Bruise? That's like the main song for Social Network. It's like... I've never Duh. seen that you movie. You never saw that movie? <laughs> no. Jesus. It looked terrible, so man. Good. It's way good. Freaking David Fincher directed Aaron Sorkin's screenplay, Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg and I Justin Timberlake. Hate, I hate Jesse Eisenberg. He's but he's perfect for this role. Like if there was any I actor hate, who was born to play a role, I hate his face so much and I hate his point, voice. Though. That's the point. He's Mark Zuckerberg who has a hateful face and voice. <laughs> I'm already on Facebook so much. I don't need to see the story behind it on a movie. It's an insane story, though. It's so good. Like, seriously, you guys should watch this movie. I can't believe you haven't seen it. But in that movie, so the, the soundtrack for, I know. I can't believe you haven't seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but no, the, the main, you know, the soundtrack won, won um, an Oscar. or Yeah, an Oscar. Um, and, and it was Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails with Atticus Ross. And, like, their main song is, it's called Hand Covers Bruise, and it was, like, on all the previews, and it's just this, like, nice, it's a soft piano tone. It's like, da, 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 whatever, something like that. I could probably pull it up my phone instead of doing it with my mouth, but, um, and then it's just got, like, this weird, like, eerie violin playing in the background. And that same exact song, plus the song that goes after it, 
are in this movie like blatantly, and there's absolutely no credit for it, and it blew my mind. I'm like, watch that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's really shitty. Yeah, and in the in the track listing, it's listed as "I Drive" by the guy who did the rest of the score. Well, that's fucked up. I know, right? <laughs> and I did a Google search for it, and like only one other person on Yahoo Answers asked the question, and then someone just commented like, "Oh no, they were just going for the same theme." And I'm like, "Uh, no, that was the same fucking song." Like. It was. I'm. I'm totally gonna pull it up. By the way, as Jurassic Park is playing, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna pull up this song because it's like it's a great song and I love it and that's why I recognize it so instantly because like this is one of those songs that I'll listen to to like calm down and sort of or like if I'm writing I'll like use it to kind of clear my kinda head. Kind of like bit. how a lot of movie trailers use music from Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Or I always notice when they um, use the Sunshine soundtrack, because that's probably one of my favorite movies and my favorite soundtrack. They really? always use the music from Sunshine. That's awesome. Like, if you want anybody to cry, use the music from Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen to this. Like, I think people, a lot of people recognize this. It's got that eerie violin. And then it just kicks in with this uh, very soft, light piano after a second. Super nice and soothing. And they use this same exact song in this stupid scene where he's just, like, talking to someone. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then, like, another song off the album, and I can't remember what the what the other song was called, and so I'm not going to, like, sit here searching the tracks to find it. <laughs> but, like, they directly used that song with the same notes, the same eerie violin in the background, and, so, and didn't credit it. And I couldn't believe that nobody else had called them on it, because they're both pretty popular movies. Yeah. That's really weird, though, that right? they would use it in a movie. Yeah, not like an indie film. And nobody said anything. I know! <laughs> It blew my mind. And he just, like, put a different track listing on it. Credited himself as the as the composer. We, we should contact uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah, and be like, hey, dude, you want to sue the shit out of this poser? Yeah, I will help you. For real. Yeah, I'll help you do anything you want, Trent Reznor. Right? Anything <laughs> you want. <laughs> oh, man. So I was thinking um, of, a, of a, a weekly segment for us to do on the show. Now... You know, we, we talk about movies a lot, right? You know, we all, we all like movies. We all like, <laughs> we all like things that we watch. And so I was thinking we should do a, you know, like we've got our monthly comic book club. I think we should also do a weekly movie club. And cool. have, you know, have them all be like geek movies and have four different, you know, like for, for the four weeks of the month, we have four different categories to fit these movies in. We have uh, movies that are generally regarded as being good, movies that are generally regarded as being terrible, then movies that are um, divisive and polarizing, and then movies that are just neutral and nobody cares about. You know, and so like each week of the month, we, we go with one of those. Like if we were to do a movie that's generally regarded as good, you know, we could go and watch uh, X Men Two, and then for, we could do one that's like cult classic week. We could, we could. I'm just thinking, you know, and and we can expand on it and keep going. But it's like, and like I, I'm really, I really want to like watch the terrible movies and, and talk about them. Like that's like <laughs> the little passion that I uh, like. I want to, like, I want to talk about like freaking Green Lantern and X Men Origins Wolverine and <laughs> Blade okay. Three. You're you know, basically Ryan through, Reynolds' career. You're not putting Aww. me through Origins again. No, yes I am. No, yes I am. No, <laughs> we're gonna it, we're gonna do it for the podcast. It took me years to, to get that out of my head. It's for the podcast. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch take one for the team. Yeah. 
And then we can talk about it and shit all over it, you know? And, and the thing is, you know, if, if there's a movie that's generally regarded as good, but you're like, I don't really like that movie, then we can talk about that. That happens to me a lot. Yeah. Where people tell me this is so good, and I watch it, and I don't get why they liked it at all. Speaking of movies you guys told me were good that I've watched this last week. <laughs> don't you dare. What? <laughs> what movie? I'm now seeing Kingsman and Ex Machina. Are you going to say that either of those are bad? No. I okay, good. Oh, okay. Oh. That's why I was they like, were don't both you dare great. say anything <laughs> bad about either of those, or I will have to murder you. Oh, yeah, no, I was both pissed. I was about to get so no, pissed. No, I was, I was like... Because those could, are like my... T- I could feel it <laughs> bubbling. Those are like my two favorite movies of the year. So so give us your thoughts on, on both movies, man. Well, I watched Kingsman, or Kingsman first. Okay. And, I actually watched that at oh, work man. the other day, too. That was intense and glorious. at the end, what, glorious is the best word for it. At the end, where the heads are blown off of people and it's all these different colors, <laughs> I started laughing and screaming at my TV. I'm like, "Yes, this is the greatest moment of my life." It's so like, it's so, it's so like I just love the Tarantinoism of it. Almost, you know, yeah. Like the the scene in the church is my favorite <sighs> scene of the whole movie. Yeah. And I don't care that it's graphic and he's killing everybody. It's fucking awesome. It's amazing. Oh, he's crazy. And that scene, that scene like is why he's going into the bracket. And... Yes. Oh, man. So that guy's a badass. Yeah. Galahad. Is he, he's Galahad, right? Yes. I think so. Yeah. He was Galahad. Yeah. Totally. And I want to make babies with him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Firth is one of my favorite actors. Did you guys ever see The King's, uh, the King's Speech? With yes. Him? No. Great oh, movie. So good. Great movie. Helena Bonham Carter as well, which. I don't care how old she gets. She's still insanely attractive. Yeah. She doesn't look any different. No, right? she doesn't really age either. Yeah. She has bad teeth, I've noticed, but like I, I look past that with her. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of one of those ones where she's not like super hot, but it's like, yeah. I still think she's super hot, actually. Do you? I, like, I put her up there. Because she, she, she has a very attractive face. And, like, like, I mean, obviously her body is also attractive, but, like, <laughs> she just has one of those faces that I just, like, keep staring at. You know what I mean? Like a creep, you know? Like, if I were to meet her in person, I'd just be like, hmm. <laughs> kind of like what I did to Stephen Amell. Yeah. Ugh, I think I... But he's got a perfect face. Oh, His my God. His face is unfair. His eyes are so blue. There's, <laughs> like... His face has perfect symmetry. His nose is not too big nor too small. No. His mouth isn't weird. His teeth are perfectly he's straight. Perfect. His eyebrows are a perfect size. What the <laughs> hell? Plus, he's ripped yeah. and Canadian, so he's nice. Yeah, he's like the nicest. What are you man talking ever. about? Canadians assholes, dude. What? What? Have you ever been up to Canada? You ever met a Canadian? Have you ever been to Canada to meet a Canadian? I haven't been to Canada. Because I have been several times, and they aren't nice up there. They're notoriously nice. They're a bunch of dicks. Were they French Canadian? French Canadians. I've been all over Canada because I used to drive up there with my job all the time. French Canadians are dicks. Yeah, they are. But French Canadians and and like Toronto and majority Canadians are different. Man, as soon as they know that you're American, they're like, fuck you. I don't know, man. Man, they're awful. They Go have, to Canada. Like, I, I'm I telling you, man. I know what you're saying for your personal experience, but like everyone else in the world regards Canadians as the nicest people ever. That's because they're not Americans. What are you saying? Man, as soon as they find out you're an American, they're assholes. I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've met a few Canadians in my day, and they've never, they've never... That and I was there during the Vancouver riots. That's probably a bad time to be in Canada. Probably, yeah. That might explain While riots a are lot. going on. I've been there several times, so. I don't know. The people you are encountering in Canada must be different than a lot of them. Maybe. The, the ones I've met, and I've never been in Canada, but the ones I've met have been overwhelmingly nice. 
They say sorry about everything all the time. Even when they shouldn't apologize for anything. <laughs> like, sorry. I'm like, no, it's your, I, that was my bad. Completely my bad. Blatantly my bad. I punched you in the face. Like, don't, don't apologize to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never punched a Canadian That's in the funny. face. I don't but, believe you. <laughs> okay. You I, should. I'm a serial they killer. They deserve it. Um, well, I knew that. As I've alienated some of our out of the U.S. <laughs> I know, listeners we actually don't. Again, we do have a few Canadian well. listeners. So <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'm just like, fuck Canada and fuck Britain. And <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, he's alienating our entire he is. foreign listenership. Jeez. It's a good thing he's not on my other podcast because that one's got a, like a, a weird amount of foreign listeners. To be fair, I did say I love Sweden last week, though. Good thing that country is like half the size of either of the other countries you just insulted. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I know I just like eliminated a few million people, but here's a couple hundred thousand, so I'm just kidding. It's not like we're ever gonna even have any anywhere close to those kind of numbers. So I don't it matter. hate other people. Um, I'm just saying that Canadians have been dicks every time I've gone to visit. Maybe it's because they just don't like your tattoos. Maybe, maybe they just don't like That's me. <laughs> well, if they don't like my tattoos. Or maybe they're Michigan they're State fans and you always go there wearing that Michigan hat. Maybe that's probably it. it. Probably everyone in Canada is probably a Michigan State fan. I figured it out. It's done. Easy. Solved. <laughs> Except for Michigan brings in more Canadian recruits. Well, you know that's neither here nor there, Mitch. I mean, <laughs> well, what did you think of Ex Machina? I liked it. Yeah, it was. I was glad that I didn't watch that one with the kids. Definitely, but definitely. yeah. It wasn't what I was expecting at all, yeah. and so it was a nice, pleasant surprise. It was a little bit slow moving, but yeah, took its own pace. I love the oh, what's his name? The guy that created her. Oh yeah, Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah, that Nathan. guy. <laughs> yes, Nathan yeah. was great from the moment that he gets into the house, and Nathan's just like, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> I'm like, I love this guy. I want to go hang out with him. I know. When he's like, when he's like talking, he's like, all right, look, let's just, can we just get past that awkward stage? Like I'm the boss, you're the employee, you're kind of intimidated me. Let's just, let's just pretend that all already happened and just talk. I'm Nathan, you're uh, shit. What was his name? I don't know. I have no idea what his name is. Robot. Don't all guy from Black Mirror. Yeah, I always see him as (laughs) the guy from Black Mirror. That's all I saw the whole movie with him. I always see him as the elder Weasley brother, but that's just me. Although him and Oscar Isaac are going to, the two leads from that movie are going to be in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, nice. nice. Um, Oscar Isaac is playing one of the rebel pilots, Poe Dameron, and uh, um, Domal Gleeson is, I think, an Imperial general or something. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the robot girl is going to be in Man from Uncle, which oh, I yeah. am so stoked from that movie. Um, but no, yeah, Ex Machina, so good. Man, I liked how Nathan. I mean, it's like they started to put him off like he's a villain, but I mean, in the end, he's he's really not. Yeah, I mean, he is in a very moral gray area where well, these are artificial intelligence. Does he have the right to keep her there? Does he not? And I think it depends on which character you sympathize with in the movie. Because I think they set it up where like you could definitely follow the character arc of any of those three characters. Of Ava, of Nathan, and of Caleb is his name. Yeah. Finally got yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, if you if you sympathize with Ava, then yeah, you're seeing Oscar Isaac as like the the bad guy, you know. He's he's terrible and all that, but then like if you're if you're viewing it from Caleb's perspective, it's like you kind of, for most of the movie, you're led to believe that he's the bad guy, and then ultimately in the end, you're like, well, either way, I was fucked. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for him at the I end. Know, right? And it's like, and like. Because I would totally do that. I'd be like, I gotta save this robot. Yeah, totally. And then I would get fucked over. And then when you find out, like, you've just been totally manipulated. Like, like that, that scene when he's like, did you base her appearance off of my porn searches? Yeah. That one is like, it's such a vulnerable moment of, like, weird. Right? And then, like, you feel bad for him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. Oh, that is oh. awful. Yeah. Such a, and I, just, I love the build of suspense in that movie, you know, like. Just everything about it, just like it builds and builds and builds and builds. But you're like happy for her, but at yeah. the same time, you're like, ah, oh, you bitch. I know. Yeah. You totally broke this dude's heart and then like, and left him to die. Yeah. <laughs> and you like, and you have the thought of like, are they like, because at the end of that movie, like my thought every time I see that end scene when she just like walks away, I'm like, shit, there could be fucking robots everywhere right? and I wouldn't know. And that's what I don't like. Yeah. And it's like the same with uh, Secret Invasion in Marvel. I'm like, shit, there could be aliens all over the place. Yeah. And I would have no way of knowing because they would just be disguised as us and have alien offspring. And then eventually we're just going to be obsolete. Yep. It's a and sad it's, existence. And it's going to happen. Yeah. Ugh. I, I like the, the scene with Nathan and, uh, and Caleb when they're just like kind of sitting there. Nathan's like, come on, just ask the question you want to ask. He's like, what? He's like, just, uh, just ask it. Yes, you can fuck her. <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus Christ! And his face when he's like trying to hide. He's like, no, I wasn't. I I didn't want to. I yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was curious. But yeah, it's good. They're they're good actors, man. Because you do wonder. I know. I I was wondering. You can't was like, like not wonder. No, yeah. That. Because you're like, if it's that authentic, you know how how authentic are we going here? Yeah. yeah. Oh. People are horrible. Exactly. <laughs> and the the skin thing was so weird. That like that scene when she yeah. like you know, she's pulling off the skin and yeah. when the 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 Asian girl um, Kyoko yeah when she's like pulling the skin off of her eye and everything and yeah holy shit so nuts so nuts yeah that movie was great and Alex Garland um, who used to be a novelist and then like had one novel adapted to a movie and then decided to go and direct Dread so he was the the director of Dread and and the writer on it and. Uh, and then did Ex Machina. Like, he's one of my favorite directors now. Yeah. Like, it's just those, just from those two movies. And then, like, I watch him in interviews. And, like, he, he did this, um, you know those talks with Google? No. They're, they're, like, Google does, like, random interviews with, like, random people for no reason. Um, but they have this, this girl who's, like, her, name, her name's, like, V. Renee online or something like that. And she is, like, a popular blogger or something like that that's always talking about film and things and she bugs the shit out of me because she just like she inserts herself in every interview that she does and like you know how interviews when they ask questions they'll like they'll ask a question but then they'll be like because this and because you know like and they'll like explain their question for like five minutes before yeah. they ask it and they end up like taking a really broad question and narrowing it the hell down yeah. to be a yes or no answer yeah and like so she's doing this interview with him and like when she starts asking a question, then when she starts doing that, when she starts, like, narrowing her question, he just cuts her off completely. He's like, all right, stop right there. And, like, he just answers the initial question. Oh, wow. <laughs> so good. And I'm like, yeah! Because, like, I hate terrible interviewers, you know? I yeah. hate watching them because, like, you see the person's face as they're, like, trying to, like, answer the question when they think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then they usually have, like, the awkwardness of, like, waiting and everything. And with him, he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to stop her. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I'm going to answer the question that I want to answer instead of letting her narrow down and, and like throw her lens all over my movie. It was, it was great. So good. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, what else do you guys want to want to talk about? Omega Men. Omega Men. <laughs> okay. Let it rip. I, I don't know why. Like, I don't even really know anything about them. I don't either. I'm a DC Comics fan, and I don't, so you can feel comfortable in that. Well, okay. So, from what I gathered from issue two mm-hmm. is that the Omega Men were sent to kill Green Lantern Kyle, Kyle Rayner. Yeah. But he's not dead. They brought him back, and they've implanted this thing in his neck. Oh, and they had the... It will explode if he doesn't help them. Oh, holy hell. It's so good. <laughs> I like, I like in, the, in the first... It was either the first issue or the preview where they had, like, basically did the terrorist tape and, like, had him sitting in the chair and, like, yeah. there was that video of, like, we're going to kill him and stuff. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. But now, now they need his help, and so... Who's the writer on that book? Is it Colin Bunn? I don't even know. I'd have I feel to like it, it might here. be... I'll, I'll look it up here real quick. But I feel like it might be Colin Bunn because he tends to write a lot of uh, a lot of stories like that that are like darker and like kind of you know have more serious themes. Um, oh, it's written by Tom King. Is it? And Tom King used to be a uh, CIA agent. Oh. Yeah, he's the one that writes uh, Grayson or co-writes Grayson. Oh. Which is fantastic. Awesome. Um, yeah, Tom King's great. Um, yeah, that. I, I like the covers too. The like just yeah. the weird artwork that they have for the covers. They almost look like propaganda posters. Yeah, which I love. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know anything about them. I, I didn't know like what they were, mm-hmm. who they were, why they were doing any of this. But and so why like is there like has it been revealed yet like why they're doing what they're doing? Not yet. No. Not yet. But that's so interesting. They're, they're just basically saying that we need your help, and I've implanted this thing in your neck that. <laughs> They call it a watch, I think, that if he resists in any sort of way, mm-hmm. it will explode. That's amazing. It is. That's so good. <laughs> I, I love it. I seriously... It sounds awesome. Every week that passes by with the new DC issues, I'm just loving it more and more. Right? I'm in the same boat, <laughs> like, which been... is really bizarre yeah. for me to be in. Like, I don't give a shit about Secret Wars. Yeah. I don't me care. Neither. <laughs> me neither. And I thought I would, but I don't. I, I really don't. Especially with all this, because like, I swear I'm going to go broke on these books. Because like, I'm buying here. so many every week. <laughs> I, I have a problem. My boss is actually just looks at me and he's like, I'm going to put you on a budget. It's because I just idea. have piles on my desk. Because <laughs> well, there's, there's so much good stuff. Like I Dr. Mean, Fate. I love Dr. Yes. Fate. I, so Justice League of America. Uh, Brian Hitch is writing and drawing it. And and what I like is that they've got like five or six different sort of realities that are in play in all their books right now, which is awesome because they're not like, if they want to be in the same timeline, they can be, but they don't have to be at all or even in the same world. Yeah. And so you've got this Justice League of America that's on a totally different um, timetable than the main Justice League book, which is also on a different timetable than like all the Superman books and everything. But in Justice League of America, it's so crazy because they've got, it starts out where Superman finds this, uh, this thing called the Infinity Corporation. You know, this guy invites him to, to come and see the Infinity Corporation. And he comes in, and the first thing you see is just a pile of dead Superman 
in costume, just like literally a pile of probably 50 dead Supermen, just corpses laying there. And the guy's like, hey, I know this looks kind of crazy. Like, calm down for a second because Superman's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You know, like, walk into a room and 50 of your own dead bodies are yeah. laying on the ground. And he's like, what the hell? It's like, calm down. I know this looks crazy. Just hold on a minute. I got one more thing I got to do really quick, and then we can talk about this. And then there's, like, this portal, and another Superman pops up in there, and he's, like, breathing his last breath and then dies. Wow. And his, his last words are, don't trust him. That's but, awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Super crazy, and that's how it sets up. And then the guy's like trying to, ex- to explain, and, and in that first issue, he explains like, "Look, in every single reality, I I can't stop it. It's driving me fucking insane. But every single reality, you die, and the Earth dies immediately after. And so I need to prevent you from dying. This is what I'm trying to do. You see these dead corpses. <laughs> this is me trying to prevent you from dying. We got to figure it out. Um, and then in the next issue." I think it, it even, like, right at the end of that first issue. And I'm, like, skipping over a lot of the intricacies of the plot or whatever. But um, the Kryptonian god Rao shows up. So he's the god that everyone on Krypton hails. His name's Rao. And he just shows up on Earth like, hey, I'm bringing my word of peace to everybody. And Superman just immediately bows down to him and acts as his envoy for Earth. And so now he's, like, associated with the, the U.S. government and, like, bringing all these, you know, peace and prosperity, healing diseases, this nice new prophet and stuff. And it's just, like, this, like, super, like crazy like daunting because you still have in the back of your mind like the world's gonna end he said don't trust him by him who did he mean did he mean Rao did he mean the guy from the Infinity Corporation like oh! <laughs> it's so nuts but then yeah like I'm loving powerless Superman as well and this is this is still Superman being powered in that storyline so it's okay. a totally different timeline but then there's powerless Superman which is going on in four books it's uh, Superman action comics Superman Wonder Woman and Superman Batman I've been reading action comics. Way good. That's probably the best one to choose. Because it's um, Aaron Cooter doing the art and uh, Greg Pak writing. I love the art in that book, and, and the writing's good. It, it's been good. I've liked it. Yeah. And I've never really read Superman, but I yeah. like it. I've also been reading Bizarro, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, my God. I love that Canada is Bizarro America. Right? <laughs> Bizarro America. It's just... and, and I love that he has a chupacabra named Colin. It's just so cute. Awesome. I, don't like, I wonder like how the pitch for that book went. Like, hey, I'm going to send Bizarro on a road trip to Canada with Jimmy Olsen. Like, <laughs> what? It's so funny. And I love that it works. And I love like... Batmite right now has a comic oh, book. I, where oh, I've been reading that too. It's adorable. He's like a publicist for superheroes. He is. He's so cute. He. I just read the one where uh, with Hawkman. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It's so cute. Yeah. If you're if you're not like if you're a comic book fan and you're not reading anything from DC right now, you're really doing yourself a disservice because like it's all good. Yeah. Like, Constantine the Hellblazer. Yeah. Way good, way good. Green Lantern Lost Army and the main Green Lantern book are both really good. I'm liking trench coat Hal Jordan with like the Green Lantern Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, so many good stories. So many, so many, so many. And freaking Batman just became a god in Justice League. <laughs> he just like legitimately became a god. He sat on the Mobius chair and now he has all the oh. the knowledge. Yeah, like he sat on Metron's Mobius chair, which is basically holds all the answers to the universe because that was Metron's primary goal. Um, but then it's crazy because he, he sits on the chair and first he tests it. So he asks it a question, you know, right when he sits down, he's like, who killed my parents? That's right. Joe Chill. Perfect. Next question he asks, who is the Joker? And then, you know, and it doesn't show you what the chair answers. And then he goes, his, his last words are, that's impossible. Ooh. Yeah. 
And then just like, and then it's just like, um, Wonder Woman is like, Bruce, are you okay? You know, she's like looking at him, and like he's got his uniform is totally changed. He looks like Metron, so he's like glowing and, and looks very Jack Kirby esque, like if yeah. Jack Kirby were designed Batman's costume. Um, he just looks at her and smiled. He's like, "Oh, yeah, of course I'm okay. I'm a god." And then just the you know next issue, Bat God. Oh, and I'm like, that's so cool! Wow, okay, I know that sounds really cool. That's so sick. Like, and and what I like is so Batman is DC's breadwinner, right? If they throw Batman and stuff, it's gonna sell, and. They don't actually have a real version, like a regular version of Batman in any of their books right now. Hmm. They have, in Batman, Superman, and in the main Batman book, and in Detective Comics, it's Jim Gordon as Batman. And then in Justice League, he's a freaking god. So, like, there's no actual, regular Bruce Wayne Batman in their world at all right now. And it's working. Like, they just threw out their main breadwinner and were like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a ginger mustache Batman in a tiny robot bunny suit. That's Which is weird. awesome. It's actually really good. I'm, I'm loving Jim Gordon as, as Batman. He shaved his mustache oh, for okay. the costume. So yeah. yeah, the cowl with the mustache. Just, it clashes the angles. And, yeah. yeah. The, yeah it wouldn't work. Sound very good. <laughs> no, it's... DC's great. Like, even you Marvel fanboys, just go and, go and pick up a DC book. Go into your local comic book store and be like, hey, what's a good DC book to pick up right now? And then they'll show you some stuff and gee whiz, you'll be on your way. I'm going to walk in just like that. Do it. Please yeah. do. And say it exactly. Like yeah. That. And do like a comb over and wear like a bow tie. Yeah. I don't yeah. have enough hair to do a comb over. <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. DC has been really awesome. They've, they've been stepping it's up the freaking game. It's pretty much all I've been buying yeah. is DC. Me which too. Which is in itself bizarro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm reading one Marvel book right now. Hawkeye. I guess, well, technically two, since the final Fraction issue came out this month, but really one. I did, I did pick up Red Skull, number one, because mm-hmm. I guess he's leading an alliance regime type thing, resistance against Doctor Doom right That's now cool. in Battleworld. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. I like it so far. I like the concept of Secret Wars. I think I'm going to pick up a couple of, like, the trades. Like, I'll probably pick up the main Secret Wars trade when it comes out, and then, like, Civil War and Old Man Logan because I like the creative teams on them. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'll probably just be like, I have like it. Yeah, I, I'm really not yeah. that interested. Yeah. In it. I am looking forward to see like how the how the Marvel universe changes after Secret Wars, though. You know, like mm-hmm. what they do with the because like Amazing Spider-Man looks like it's going to be totally different. You know, Peter Parker is going to be using like a just being a like a, sort of a worldwide Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. going as an inventor, and then Miles Morales will be the main Spider-Man in New York and. It'll be interesting to see what they do there, but I just I'm I'm surprised that I'm loving DC. Like for the fact that I'm a DC fanboy, I'm surprised by how much I'm loving DC right now. <laughs> like because before it was a very even mix. It was like I liked DC for the specific thing that they did. You know, it was like yeah. I'm reading Batman because Scott Snyder's a great writer and Greg Capullo's a good artist. And then you know I'm picking up some of the other issue titles like Green Arrow when Jeff Lemire was on it and stuff. Just basically following writers, you know, and anything Grant Morrison yeah. did. Um, but now it's like, holy shit, like there's people that I've never heard of writing stuff in DC right now or, or drawing stuff and I'm fucking loving it. And like so many different art styles, like with the Black Canary, Gotham Academy and, yeah. and Batgirl books. Oh, Gotham Academy. I love freaking great. so much. So much. Ah, it's, they have something for everyone, which is, is probably the best part about it. You know, it's just like they explore like their weird mystical stuff. They explore like. You know, like more cartoony stuff. They explore the really dark and serious stuff, the the multiversal like 
Grant Morrison's head stuff. Like, if yeah. you just tap his brain for a second and grab something, like... I think that's why I like it, because it is darker. Yeah. And my style is darker things. Yeah, yeah. So... Exactly. I, I, I'm liking it. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, is, like, even... You know, because, like, yeah, Gotham Academy is, like, this weird mix of, like, playful and dark at the same yeah. time. Which is super cool. Which I think is perfect. Yeah, it's like if Scooby-Doo... And, like, the third Harry Potter book had a baby. <laughs> yes. Like, in, in it, Gotham, that's yeah. what it would be. Exactly. Don't yes. give them any more ideas for Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I could see that happening. That's fine by it me. It should happen. It really no, should. it shouldn't. Have you seen the previews for that Kiss one? Yeah, Scooby-Doo meets <laughs> Kiss. It looks awful. <laughs> that came 30 years too late. So great. <laughs> no, it's terrible. No, and they've Scooby got the wrestling crossovers. And Gonna solve that mystery. Oh, it's I perfect. See Scooby-Doo. Something, something, something. They've taken my childhood and fucked it so hard that it exploded into a giant mess. Wow. Wow. Mitch no longer had a childhood. No. He was born an adult. Yep. Yep. Wow. It <laughs> must have been weird. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. Uh, you know what makes me want to cry? The fact that this episode is coming to a conclusion. <laughs> I don't think it makes me want to cry. we got to discuss Reading Club, and then if we're going to do the movie oh, yeah. club for next week, we've so got to decide which two we're going to do. Let's do that. So, so I think for uh, well, I guess we already decided on the reading club. Black Mirror, yeah. Batman, Black Mirror. Um, which week are we going to be uh, reviewing that? We were going to do that. Let's see. So we decided last week. So it will be um, the second. Like I guess, yeah. This technically the second week of August because August starts like the first is a Saturday. Um, so the episode that will come out most likely on August eleventh is when we will be releasing our uh, Batman Black Mirror review. So go and pick that up on Comixology or InStockTrades.com is a great cheap way to get it. Um, or your local comic book store. Support your local brick and mortar, you know. You'll support your little brick and mortar. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do you think we should start off with the movies, you know, for next week? Do you think we should start off with a good movie? A bad, or, you know, I'm talking general consensus, not your own, because we probably might feel different than what most people do, but I'm talking general consensus. Should we, talk off, should we start off with a generally good movie, generally bad movie, controversial movie, or neutral movie? Let's stay away from controversial and probably bad for the first one. You think? Yeah. That doesn't sound as fun. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I would love to have a Man of Steel episode. Oh. I would also love to have a, you know, like horrible movies like... Uh, you know, Green Lantern or Origins Wolverine or X Men Three or Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, I still haven't seen that one yet. Or Spider Man Three. You haven't seen that one yet? No. Oh. Okay. As soon as I heard that Galactus was a giant cloud, I'm like, I'm not touching that. I think you might have just decided. <laughs> I think you might have just decided oh, for us. Oh no. I think. Yep. It's. I'm making it official. For next week, so by the, uh, let's see, what's, um, this episode will be coming out on the 28th, so by the 4th of August, watch Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer, directed by, um, Story, what's his first name? Tom Story? Tim? 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 I th- I Tom? It, I think it's Tim. Tim? Tim Story? I think it is Tim Story. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Tim Tom Story. Tim Tom Story. <laughs> That's a much better name. 
<laughs> he needs to change his name now. Um, it sounds like a drum kit. <laughs> this is my Tim Tom story, you guys. Check it out. <laughs> the Adventures of Tim Tom. <laughs> Could totally be a character. <laughs> That's a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm pulling off our sign-off music. Um, or pulling it up. Uh, is there is there any other message or words you guys wanted to send out there? No? I think we should start a countdown clock to Fallout Four. Start a countdown clock to Fallout Four. Give people a, a weekly update on how yes. long it's away. Okay. Well then, as of what what day is Fallout Four released? Let's see. You don't even know it off the... Okay, then you'll find out next week when Fallout 4 is released. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. We'll send you off with Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. In just one second when it loads up. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, seven. Five.